kick off right where we left off. For the past few weeks, we've been at Habakkuk. Everybody say Habakkuk with me. Habakkuk, that's that fun book that uh, you don't often hear about in church. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to dive right in and uh, pick up where we're supposed to be. Now listen, if you haven't been with us, what we've been talking about is how do you, as a Christian, if you're a Christian in the room, how do you fight through, how do you live through what it is when life doesn't seem fair, when God could do something and he's not doing anything about what you're praying about and, and you feel like, you know, hey, I believe in my heart, God, you are good, but my eyes are telling me different. So what does that look like in our life? We've been talking about this for the past two weeks. This is our third week into it. And Miss Paula Anderson just told me this morning, she said, this is the good week, right? This is the good week. You guys ready for a good week in here? Yeah? Well, I guess we're just going to have to find out if that happens here or not today. So I'm excited. It's Valentine's Day. Does anybody have any big date plans today? Literally no one as I look around the room. Oh, whoa, 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 Julia. Okay. We'll talk with you later about who that is, and I'll, we'll give you the mic and let you talk through that. So on a serious note, though, I am excited to dive into Habakkuk because if you don't know about Habakkuk, what I want to do is for the first time guest in here today, if you haven't been with us, I want to let you know a little bit about Habakkuk and who he is and everything that happens in his life. So Habakkuk is a minor prophet, all right? And typically what prophets do is prophets hear from God and they tell the people what God told them. But not Habakkuk. Habakkuk was actually kind of the opposite of that. So Habakkuk actually went to God on behalf of the people and he said, God, I, I know that you see everything that's happening here. I know that you see there's so much wrong going on. How wrong are you going to allow all this to keep happening? And then God starts talking to him and God starts giving him things and it's just like, uh-oh. So Habakkuk goes to God on behalf of the people, and God talks to him, and then he's supposed to tell the people what he says. And so this book, it's, it's raw, it's real, and it's emotional. It's full of emotions. And, and so that's why I love it. I love diving into this with you guys as I've been studying it. So chapter number one, God, where are you? God speaks, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, all right? I'm about to do something that if you don't believe, like, like you wouldn't believe it if I told you we were going to do this, right? And so we discovered in chapter number one that it, it's okay to have both, yes, you can wrestle with honest questions and doubts and embrace a genuine faith in God. That's what we talked about in week one, right? We said chapter one, it's all about wondering, right? It's all about, God, why aren't you doing something? God, why aren't you doing something that I know you could do? Why haven't you done anything about this? And God says, hey, I am going to do something about this, right? He tells us back, he says, I'm going to use the Babylonians, the people who you hate the most, the people who you fear, and they're actually going to destroy you, right? They're going to destroy your lands. And then Habakkuk says, I'm, I was confused at first, but now I'm even more confused, right? And so then we dive into chapter number two. And remember, we, we saw three things from that last week that we all picked up, right? We heard that we're supposed to first listen. Right? We need to listen to hear from God. That's what Habakkuk did. He went to the highest part of the ramparts to get away so he could hear from God and wait to hear his response to him. Then we're supposed to write down what God tells us. Why do we write it down? Because, well, Satan wants to steal what God gives us. Right? And then at the very end there, we see that we're supposed to just wait. We're supposed to wait. See, Habakkuk is ready. He's like, God, when is all this going to happen? This is a really quick recap of everything that's happening. When is this all going to happen, God? 
says, just wait. Surely it will come to you. And so then the very last verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, it, it tells us something completely different. We kind of see a switch in Habakkuk's heart. Remember last week I told you, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. And when it is God's time, you can't stop it. Remember that term, moed? Remember we talked about that last week, how, how it's all about God's time, God's appointed timing. But I love this. So let's dive into the end of chapter number two. And this is what we see in it. It says this. But the Lord is still in his holy temple, but God is still on the throne. And then he says, let all the earth before or be silent before him. It's kind of like that Psalms, that sometimes you know what you got to do in life, like, like when everything around you seems to be on fire, when everything around you seems just to be chaotic, you don't know what to do next. It's kind of like this Psalm that David wrote, he said, sometimes we just need to be still. Sometimes we have to be still and we have to know that God is God. Sometimes we just have to acknowledge, God, you are so much bigger than me. God, I don't like what's happening right now, but God, you're still in control. And it's kind of like right here at this very last verse in chapter number two. This is what we see Habakkuk doing. Chapter three today, it kind of reminds me of like a reset, right? How many of you guys like in your life sometimes you wish you could just hit a reset button? Like you did something like I did something wrong and I wish I wouldn't have done that. Reset, reset, right? Like go back two minutes ago. No, some of you guys are like, no. But some of us are like, yeah, absolutely. So I feel like Habakkuk chapter 3 is completely different. It's a completely, almost like a reset. He has changed absolutely everything about that. And so verse number 1 of chapter number 3 is one of those verses that if we were reading through the Bible, this is probably one of those verses that honestly, you would read through it and just move on to the next one. But there's something in that that I want us to dig into a little bit today. Okay? So here we go. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 1, says this. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet on Shijanoth. Everybody in the room, I want you to say Shijanoth. Okay, now say it again. Okay, so, so, so you guys are still kind of sleeping, I feel like. I feel like some of you guys haven't quite woke up yet, so i got a microphone, and I'm going to come out to the audience really quickly, and you're going to test your... Terminology. Say Shijanoth for me. Shijanoth. <laughs> Say Shijanoth for me. She's like, no, 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 no. Anybody? No, no, no. No? Alright, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Shijanoth. 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 Anybody know she's saying no? Like Shijanoth says it really fast. Okay, let's come over here to this side of the room. Let's get a middle school boy. Shijanoth. Okay, let's go one more. Shijanoth. And maybe the wisest person in the room? Shijanoth. Shijanoth. Okay, great. Now, everybody, one more time. Say it with me. Shijanoth. Excellent. Congratulations. You did not just cuss in church. That is not a cuss word. Shijanoth. Let's dive into what does Shijanoth mean, right? It's a fun word to say if you guys start pronouncing this. This is a Hebrew word. We see this one time in the whole Bible. Okay? Does anybody know where we see this in the Bible? 
Habakkuk, there we go. It's not a trick question. We see this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 1, okay? We see Shijanoth in that chapter. Now, let me give you uh, a definition for what it is. Shijanoth is actually the plural of Shijan. Okay, we can move on now, right? Everybody good? No, I'm totally kidding. Right? No, seriously, we only see Shijanoth one time in all of Scripture, but we see the term Shijan, okay? One other time in scripture. And it's in a scripture that David actually wrote back in Psalms chapter 7. Okay? So I did a little bit of digging. I wanted to understand what this term was because honestly, it kind of flips around the whole book of Habakkuk, right? So let's dive into seeing what it means, all right? It means this it means to sing with strong emotion, with impassioned exuberance. It means wild, passionate singing with rapid changes of rhythm. It means high-spirited praise, right? It, it means there's some enthusiasm. Listen to this. I love what this person said. It said, Shijanoff is praise punctuated with exclamation points, right? Exclamation marks. That's what Shijanoff is, okay? So we, we've got to dig into it. We have to understand what this truly is, right? Like I put this up behind us so you guys can see it. This is um, the, the, the like terminology when you start digging into it a little bit more. I love this, right? So what I want you to understand about Habakkuk in chapter 3 is this, is that he's about to go into writing this, this kind of song, basically. It's, it's a prayer, but it's also a song. It's something that he would be singing to God. This is something that he would just be using to encourage himself, but also to say, God, here I am. This is all for you, right? Shijanah meant that, that he was going to go all in. He was going to go full body, all in, exuberant worship to God because God was going to do what he does. Alright? You see, listen to this. Listen to this. Sometimes the most passionate, authentic praise is actually the praise that happens before we get what we're asking for. Before we get the answer we're looking for. It's the praise that's simply based on faith. It's praising God for not what he's gonna do. It's praising God for who he is. Alright? You guys understand why we worship? We don't worship because it does anything for us. We worship because God is worth it. It completely changes our mindset. When we actually sit down and we start to think, God, you're worth my worship, so here it is. No matter how bad you sound like me, right? No matter how it is that you live your life, like, like guys, your worship is a gift back to God for what he's already given you. You're just saying, God, I'm worshiping you because you are who you are, and you don't have to give me anything in return. You see, that's what Habakkuk is diving into. Right now, this is all about God's character. It's all about what he's done. It's his nature. And so as we dig into Habakkuk chapter 3, you're going to see so much more of this. Shijanoth is praised before anything happens. And in verse number 2, we see Habakkuk says this of God. He says, I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in the years that have gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. He says, do it again, God. Repeat what you've done again, God. It's our time to, 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 to know you. God, in the wrath that you have coming to us, in the wrath that's coming before we, we're judged, God, we want you to remember mercy. 
God, do it again. I, I know that you can do something. I know that you're going to do something because you've already done it. So God, we're just praying, hey, God, we believe you. Do it again. You see, he, he starts digging in. He starts getting into this. I'm praising you, God. Not for what's going on right now, but just for who you are. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when your life gets difficult? Right? We've been talking about this over and over throughout these weeks, right, for the past few weeks. What does it look like for us when life is hard, when we've got questions, when we just want to say, God, I don't understand. I quit. I'm not, I, I, you know, we're talking about what do we do when we're experiencing, remember the Henry Black, I mean, the crisis of belief over here. If you remember from the first week we talked about this, we talked about how sometimes your life is going great. Sometimes your life, wow. Sometimes your life is, is at the mountaintop, right? We talked about how John was living at the mountaintop before his car was crashed and before, um, before Nick stole his girl, and then he ended up down here, right? You guys remember that example from week one? If you were with us, you should remember that. So what do you do when you're down here? What do you do when you're stuck in this valley and there's looking like there's no way out of it? What do you do? That's where chapter three comes in. That's where we really dive in. That's where we learn what we're truly made of. Do we act like nothing's happening? Remember, this was one of the things we could do. We could ignore it. We could doubt it. We could say nothing's happening. Do we abandon our faith and say, God never loved me anyway. God doesn't exist because why would a good God let this happen? Or do we push through like James chapter 1 tells us and we see the perseverance of our faith turn to a test that's going to be good for us to drive us up to the new mountaintop up here? So what do we do when you're having those bad days? What do you do when you're experiencing those crises of beliefs? What do you do with that? Well, I think we see that right here in chapter number three. We're going to talk about a couple of different things here today. We're going to talk about two things that, that we can do when we're in that valley to really just dig ourselves out of that valley. Okay? See, Habakkuk right here, he's struggling. But he knows there's something he must do in order to get out of this valley. The first thing that we're going to do, the first thing that we see Habakkuk do is this. He remembers. Everybody say remember. remember. All right. Remember. All right. Verse number three says this in Habakkuk chapter three. He says, God came from Timon, the holy mount, or the holy one from Mount Paran. The glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the temple. Now, when you guys hear these words, when you hear where he came from up here, these words honestly probably don't mean too much to you guys, right? But for Habakkuk, this meant a whole lot, right? These were two places, Timon and Paran, where God took his people for refuge after delivering them from the Egyptians. This is where he brought them, where, where he was delivering them from the bondage that they had been in from Egyptians. He's saying, God, I remember when we didn't think there was a way. Well, we didn't think we had a chance, but God, you did something. You moved in the heart of Pharaoh. You split open the Red Sea. You caused us to walk through on dry ground. God, you destroyed our enemies when they were pursuing us. God, I remember when you were faithful, and I think back on your goodness. God, I know you can do it again. This is what Habakkuk is saying. He's, he, he's, 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 remember, this is a, a song of praise to God. This is something that, that he's just thinking back in his whole body. He's giving this up. And he keeps going. He says this in verse number four and five and six. He says this. He says, his splendor 
It was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hands where power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. What did God do? He stood and he shook the earth. He looked and made the nation tremble. He said, God, I remember your faithfulness. I remember your goodness. I remember your justice. I remember, God, when you were glorified through what you did. And now if you look at these next few verses, verses 7 through 15, I'm not even going to read them all to you. What you see is kind of this crazy thing happens. Habakkuk starts talking about more stuff that he remembers that God has done. And then he gives another thing. He says, God, just bring us through this. Punish our enemies. God, I know that you're going to do something through this. God, I, I, I know that something is going to happen. And I remember you doing amazingness. So I'm not going to stop here. Here's what Habakkuk could have done. He could have said, God, I, I remember the things that, Lord, you've done throughout all this generation. I remember when you provided your people manna from heaven with meat from a bird and with water from a rock when they were all lost and they didn't know where they were going. He said, God, you showed up. He said, God, I, I remember when you, you used a shepherd to kill a giant. I remember when you confused armies to fight each other and kill each other instead of attacking us. I remember your promises. And see, sometimes when we're in that valley down there, when we're stuck at the bottom, we need to remember what God has already done in our life. We need to remember the faithfulness of God. It changes our whole mindset. It changes how we see ourselves in the valley. I'm not saying the valley is not real. I'm just saying, remember, you serve a God who's already brought you through valleys before, and he's going to be with you, no matter what this next valley is for you. So the second thing that I said we were going to jump into today, all right, the second thing is not just about enduring when we're in the valley, because sometimes that's what we want to do, right? Enduring is kind of a passive response to something that's happening to you. Enduring, we, we don't really go after anything. You see, but we don't just endure. When we're in the valley, we embrace and we believe that God is still good. We, we embrace and we believe what he's doing. And if you think about Habakkuk in this situation, he said the enemies, they're winning. And they were. I wrote this. Habakkuk looked and he recognized this is bad. And it's about to get a whole lot worse. But he embraced the situation, and with everything in him, he still declared, my God is still on his throne. My God has always been good. My God has always been faithful. You see, Habakkuk is not in a state of denial. He knows that they're about to go into a valley, and it's about to be really bad. He knows what's coming next. But this doesn't stop him. He sort of just looks at the bad news in the face and he still declares, I still trust God with everything inside of me. I still continue to trust his goodness. This is shijanah. This is something where you can't explain it. This is God, I trust you fully. I'm willing to give you everything inside of me. He's going all in. You see, chapter three is all about worshiping. You know, we've talked about wondering, we've talked about waiting. This chapter is all about worshiping. Listen to what Habakkuk says at the very end of this chapter. Starting in verse 16, it says this. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. 
Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, the, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on new heights. Listen to this. Think about this. Habakkuk knows things are about to get crazy. Habakkuk is talking to God. He's, he, he's talking, he's worshiping, he's trying to understand, but he doesn't get it yet. But he says, I love verse 16, it's crazy, right? I heard and my heart pounded. Now, I'm going to resonate with some of you guys right now, and for some of you guys, I'm not going to resonate at all for you right now. It's Valentine's Day. All right? Valentine's, um, for, for some of you guys, is kind of one of those crazy days where you've kind of got the courage that you want to ask somebody to be your Valentine. I don't know if y'all have a Valentine's dance or anything you do. Probably not because it's COVID. But if, let's just pretend it wasn't. And, and you were interested in a girl. Let me just come down and sit with Ben for a second. Hey, Ben. So Ben's interested in this girl. And Ben, you're going to ask this girl out. How do you think that's going to go for you? Really bad. <laughs> Why do you think that? You know, <laughs> have you asked a girl out yet? That's okay. I'm gonna go away from you. Stay there. All right. I want somebody who's asked a girl out who was really nervous when they did it. Oh, Blake's looking at me like, please don't call me. Please don't call me. Anybody? Anybody in the room? Big Caleb. Caleb, you got one? I love to come to you, Caleb. All right. I'd love to hang out with you for a second. So, Caleb. You've asked a girl out. You were really nervous. Tell me about that whole situation. I'll tell it right from the mic. Here we go. Perfect. I love this story, right? I love this. All right, so he was in theater, in case you guys can hear. Um, Caleb's a great singer, actually, and he does some acting, okay? And so Caleb, um, he was doing some, you know, theater with this girl, and he heard that she liked him, and he liked her, and his friends had talked about it, and he asked her out, and how nervous were you? Extremely nervous. He was literally shaking, which actually makes this even better, because as we look at verse 16, all right, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept in my bones. And what's that next part say? My legs trembled. All right, thank you, Caleb. Everybody give Caleb a round of applause real quick. Hold on a second, though. I want to talk to y'all about Habakkuk, okay? Habakkuk's not asking a girl out. Caleb, I'm not going to ask you if she said yes or no. We're going to let that stay there, okay? If y'all want to know, y'all come find Caleb afterwards. He'll tell you. Okay? Alright, come talk to Caleb Atkins about this. Alright, here's the thing. Habakkuk wasn't just asking a girl out, right? Habakkuk knew the impending doom that was promised coming to him, and so this is what happened to him. He had Caleb, but he had Caleb like times a hundred, right? He was shaking. He was hurting. His heart was pounding out of his chest. He didn't know what was going to happen, and so he's like, what do I do? What do I do? God just told me he's going to raise up the Babylonians and he's going to destroy the people that I love. Man, 
But then he says, Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation that's invading us. He says, It's bad. It's going to get worse. It's going to be brutal. There's, there's going to be tremendous suffering. And then he starts talking about this olive tree, and he starts talking about the produce, and he starts talking about how like their land is going to be just, just messed up because this invading army is coming in and is destroying everything. But then look at what he says right after that. My legs trembled. The grapes aren't growing. The olives have been destroyed. There's no sheep. There's no cows. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Oh, man. There's dozens of reasons why I might not want to rejoice. But this song, this song isn't a half-hearted song to God. This is Shichinoth. This is him saying, God, no matter what, no matter what I think, it doesn't matter because I'm praising you for you. I'm praising you for who you are. It's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with my circumstances. This is all about you. This comes from the depths of his soul. This is a faith that worships when everything is not right. This is a faith that gives God praise even when you don't like what you see. This is a praise with exclamation points. Not for the what, but for the who. And here's our big takeaway today. This is what I've had to learn. We've talked about what have I learned through this, and I talked about this with the 10th grade guy song just this week in their small group. Despite all of your circumstances, there's always a reason to worship. There's always a reason to praise. You see, it's nothing to do with what's going on in our lives. It's all about him. It's all about giving him what he deserves. In chapter 1, you've got to choose not to walk away from God. In chapter 2, you've got to choose not to quit waiting on God. In chapter 3, we discover even if he doesn't change the circumstances, he changes our perspective. You see, everything has changed. Nothing's the same. The ending of this book is right here. It, it, it doesn't change. Habakkuk doesn't resolve to make the most of a bad situation. It goes so much deeper than that. What he does is he looks the truth in the face and he says, this isn't good. It's going to get worse. There's no grapes coming. But the Lord's still in his temple, and he's still worthy of praise. Notice how God never does what Habakkuk wants him to do. This is the tough part, right? When we're living in our flesh, we want God to answer our prayer requests. We want God to give us exactly what we're asking for. But when we live in our spirit, when we actually chase after what God wants and our spirits are aligned with his, we realize that the stuff of our flesh doesn't truly matter to us as much anymore. And he wraps up chapter 3 by saying this. He makes my feet like that of a deer. He, ena he enables me to tread on new heights. You see, here's the thing. We kicked off this, this whole series talking about John and his perfect life, right? 
How Jonah was up at the high point, right? He had trusted God. God was doing everything right for him. But then all of a sudden, John dropped down here, and John had this issue. You know, I'm thinking Habakkuk, he could probably say the same thing. He was in the valley. But look at that last verse. He says that not only, like, like, like is he not going to point towards everything that's going wrong? He says this, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like that on a deer. They enable me to go to new heights. You see, you don't have to be stuck in the valley. You can start climbing that mountain again. Start climbing this mountain to, to get out of this valley, to say, you know what, God, like, no matter what, I'm going to trust you. My life might be struggling. I don't understand what's happening. But God, I know that you've got a plan. And I trust that plan. All right? When it comes to your crisis of belief, don't leave your faith here. Don't leave your faith here. What's it look like for God to bring you through whatever this storm is you're going through in your life right now? How are you going to get up here? It's going to take work. It's going to take you trusting God and what he's doing. See, I love this whole thing. I love this book because it leaves us wondering, despite all of your circumstances, there's always a reason to worship. Now I'm talking to the Christians in this room right now. If you're not a Christian in this room, you can ignore what I'm saying. What are you doing to worship? How are you worshiping? Is it just a Sunday morning worship? Is it just a Sunday and Wednesday night worship? Or is it throughout the week? Is it one of those things that, that, that you are actually having a true, vibrant relationship with God? How are you growing in your relationship right now? You see, when we live in our flesh, we're always going to have questions. We're always going to have doubts. Things will never make sense to us. But when we shift our perspective to living in the Spirit, everything changes. Do you still have questions? Absolutely. They just don't seem to matter as much. So my question to, to you guys is, what do you need to do to actually worship during your story? How can you do that? And then for some of you guys in the room right now, you haven't made this choice yet. You have been holding on to this, this saying, well, God, if you can't do this, then I can't trust you with my soul, right? I can't believe he would allow something like this to happen to me, to my family. And if that's you in this room, I want you to know, I get it. It doesn't make sense sometimes. But your doubts and your questions, they don't scare God. What if we gave them to him today? What if you said, I'm done holding on to these? I'm done holding on to these, these questions and, 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 and wanting these answers. I'm just going to trust that you are who you are and that you're going to be the God I need. I think that would change everything. Some of you guys, you haven't accepted the gift of a free relationship with Jesus yet. The, the gift that gives us that relationship with God that's only found through Jesus on the cross. And so what I want to do for the next couple minutes is I want to give everybody a chance to respond to God in their own way. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes. And so this is going to be a little bit different for you guys. We're actually going to close in a song of worship today. But for the next, I don't know, three minutes, I want you guys to think about your relationship with God. I want you to think about how are you doing? If you had to put your, your, your spiritualness on a level of one to ten, where are you? Be honest. If you don't know God, then you're at a zero. 
So right now, I just want to ask that everybody in here, you, you start praying if you're a believer in the room. And if you're not a believer in the room, then I've got a question for you. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from giving your heart and starting a relationship with God right here today? What's starting, what's stopping you from, from saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've done wrong, but God, I'm tired of doing it my way and I want to try it your way. If that's you here in the room today, I got good news. You can start with just a simple prayer. Now, this prayer won't save you. What saves you is your heart reaching out to God's heart and saying, God, I don't understand. God, I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to chase after you and I want to come after you. And so if that's you, you've never done that before. You're ready to say, God, I, I want to try it your way. But I'm going to ask you to just repeat a prayer after me. Once again, this prayer won't save you unless you truly mean it. If that's you, just say this prayer right here. Dear God, I know that my sins have broken my relationship with you. And that nothing I could ever do could change that. But right now, I believe that Jesus died in my place and rose again from the dead. I trust in him to forgive me for my sins. Through faith in him, I'm entering an eternal relationship with you. Thank you for this free gift. Right now, I truly think that God's dealing with people's hearts in this room. I think that God is truly actually moving on Christians' hearts, but I think he's moving in, in people who are just now accepting that free gift that he's offering. And here's what I want to do. If you just accepted that gift, if you just prayed right then, with everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to look right at me. Don't look down until you've looked right at me. Just stare right at my face if that's you. If you haven't made eye contact with me, don't look up. Don't look down. Perfect. For the rest of you in the room, you know that God's good. You know that God says he's good. You know that sometimes you feel that he's good. You know that sometimes you're struggling, though. Sometimes you have questions, you have doubts, and you need those answers. But sometimes what we do is we take our eyes off of who he truly is and we put it on ourselves. And you need to flip that back around. You need to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I haven't been worshiping you the way I need to worship you. You're going through something right now. You've got some storms in your life that you need fixing. You need to invite God back into them. What's holding you back? What's holding you back from giving him your questions and your doubts? I promise they're not too big for him. Right now, if that's you, I just want to ask that you just raise your hand above your head and you just start praying. I'm going to join you right now. If you're, if you're struggling in your relationship with God, you say, God, I just need more of you. I haven't been worshiping you the way I need to worship you. God, I need to just say, I'm sorry. If that's you, just lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to get off this mic and I'm going to let us just go into a time of worship. And if you need to talk, know that I'm here, but not just me. All of your leaders that are in this room right now, they'd love to meet with you. They'd love to pray over you during this song. And then 
Maybe things are good with you and God right now. Maybe it's time for us to practice some shijinoth in this room here today. No matter where you find yourself, I want to invite you. Let's stand and let's worship together right after we pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you're doing in hearts right now. I thank you, Lord, you're a good God. And God, even though we struggle, even though, Lord, sometimes life doesn't make sense, even though we find ourselves in the valleys, God, you're still good. You still remain constant, the same now and through eternity. And so, Father, today, what I pray right now is for the students in this room who are struggling, God, who have doubts, who have questions, I pray that, Lord, you will show up in their lives. God, that you will help them understand that, Lord, you're so much bigger than just a genie. God, that you love us, that you want to go through life with us, that we're in the valley, Lord, you're in that valley with us. That God, when we're on the mountaintops, you're still there with us. That God, you never abandon us. God, you love us. So Father, right now, I just pray that you will meet us where we are. Lord, we thank you for the gift of life through Jesus. We thank you for the student who has accepted that. We pray that, Lord, you will continue to move. Be with us as we leave this place. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship.